Welcome to Two For None, your favourite cricket comedy podcast featuring two guys who love cricket and are absolutely terrible at playing it. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Patrick Cullen and I'm here with my co-host Chris Barty. Uh, As a matter of fact, I am not. Yes, that's true, ladies and gents, I have some bad news. Christopher Barty has been struck down with such a terrible illness that he can no longer record. We thought it was just man flu. A severe case, mind you, and it looks like it's a lot more serious than that. We'll come back to Chris in a moment. In this episode, I'm going to do a short rundown of the last test, preview what's going on down in Port Elizabeth, and we're going to hear an extended bulletin from our main man in South Africa, Chris Goodrick. But now to remember Chris Barty. Not as the man he became in his illness, but the man we all knew and loved. And to do this, I'm going to read a letter from the man himself in my best Chris Barty impression. But let's set the scene, shall we? I'm going to pull in a couple of sound effects to really get the vibe going. Ah, yeah, that's it. Okay, here we go. Dear listener, I've been struck down by an illness reminiscent of a dour opening batsman. It's refused to go away after two days and it's been aggressive at both ends. Initially thought to be the famous man flu, an assessment by a female pharmacist confirmed that no, in fact you are very ill, you look genuinely terrible. You look like Gary Lyon trying to bowl red hot left arm pace. Just shocking. Like my photographic partner Joe Root, I've made several brave attempts to return to the field of play, but ultimately they were futile. I'll return with a vengeance next episode. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I know I speak for all of us when I say I wish, and we all wish, Chris, a speedy recovery, mostly because me doing this show by myself is freaking terrifying. And in order to make it slightly easier on all of us, I'm just going to play some funky, funky jams in the background, because why the heck not, man? Uh, This is a track called Persephone by uh, Sundance, and thank you to them for allowing us to use this in the show. But... Let's just have a quick touch in uh, because this next test is already up and rolling, so I better bloody get a pot out. Um, just in case you're listening to this uh, as 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 it goes to air, um, currently Sean Marsh and Stephen Smith are at the crease in Port Elizabeth. But let's wind back the clock and have a bit of a look at our epic victory down there in Durban. Chris the good man Goodrick will be back in a mere moment to give us a more in-depth look from a South African perspective and I think it's fair to say he is slightly less bombastic than when we uh, chatted to him last week. A little little bit of a little bit of the excitement sting has been taken out of the tail there. Uh, Look looking at this first test in case you missed it it really was the Mitch Marsh show at the top there. Uh, we lost a l- couple of quick wickets early. David Warner looked good for 51. Stephen Smith chimed in with 56. Sauce looked solid for 40. But Mitch came in from nowhere and hit a really quite incredible 96. Um, really showed his pedigree. But wasn't it phenomenal how he managed to pick out the tallest bloke in the field to hit his a four for 100? I mean, Mitchell, come on, mate. Where's Tim Vavumba? Temba Bavumba. I've said that incorrectly. Where was Temba when you needed him? Standing in mid-on, you know? Could have pumped it over the top of that bloke's head, but no worries. He's about four foot three, Temba. I believe that there are there are taller men in the Dwarven Kingdoms and Lord of the Rings. 
But Mitchell Marsh uh, got himself out for 96, which was a, was a real bummer. Uh, and Australia made a, a pretty solid total of 350. Um, I, I thought, to be honest, that was going to be a bit short. But it ended up being enough to do the business because the South Africans well and truly fell apart in, in their first innings. Um, A.B. de Villiers was A.B. de Villiers and, and was pretty freaking incredible with 71 off 127. But outside of that, it was absolute demolition and Mitchell Stark with the with the reversing ball was an absolute terror he just tore the tail to shreds um, but it's quite phenomenally it was really Gary Lyon that did the early damage um, was getting quite a bit of turn on the on the wicket you know you really had to feel sorry for the South African tail who <laughs> Demolish. Holy dooly. Uh, Mornay Morkel particularly uh, just just knew nothing about it. Um, he could have got sent the test the week before and he still would have come up short in that one. Uh, in the second innings, the the innings was really owned by Keshav Maharaj, who took four for 102 um, and bowled spectacularly well. I think he turns the ball the most out of any left-arm tweaker, any left-arm off-spinner I've ever seen. If you can remember a left-arm offy that, that tweaks more than Mr. Maharaj, do comment, find us on Facebook, and, and let us know. Um, the Australians did okay. We're all out for 227. Uh, highlights were Cam Bancroft, who hung around really nice at the top of the order for 53. Um, and, and really made up for coming down the wicket at Philander in the first innings, which was a bizarre choice. A couple of contributions in the middle from Smith and Marsh, as you'd expect, and Paddy Cummins with some lusty blows at the end. South African final innings. And they made 298, and for a while there, it looked like they were really going to get across the line, largely thanks to Aidan Markram, who, who really didn't look like he had much chop in the first dig, but in the second was a whole new man. And... That bloke really showed some serious talent. 143 off 218 and a strike rate of 65. 19 fours for 143 runs. Um, I only really dismissed because of an extremely sharp piece of keeping from Tim Payne behind the stumps. Really quite extraordinary work. Um, and, and once he went, it was all the Mitchell Stark show. Um, Starky just annihilated the tail again and look uh, Quinton de Kock chimed in with a solid 83 and was up and about following his his uh, tussle with Davey Warner Davey is now skating on extremely thin ice it is believed that Quinton made a comment about his wife that he didn't appreciate and things I'm sure you've all seen the footage of those those change rooms the uh, the stairwell altercation there my, my favourite <laughs> moment of that is Faf Duplessis just rolling out in a um in a towel, just being faff, just being like, uh, what's going on out here, boys? What's what's the deal? Anybody getting into rumbles? Um, he was ready to go. Ready to go, indeed. And with that, once Quinton de Kock was out, thanks to LBW from Hazelwood, it was a wrap. On the morning of the fifth day, the Australians well and truly had them. Mitchell Stark was man of the match with uh, nine wickets. Uh, Adam Rakham made the most runs with 143. Keshav Maharaj got nine as well, um, which was very, very impressive, although he did go for 225 runs. The Australians have looked to target him, and I think that's something they'll continue to do in the next test. So, looking at the scorecard, 
right as we stand at this point, what is it, 10.49 on Friday night here in Sydney, uh, with Australia playing at Port Elizabeth. We've obviously won the toss and elected to bat. Uh, Cameron Bancroft is out for 38. David Warner is out for 63, lucky to be playing. And Usman Khawaj was out for four. So not a bad start, but not a great one. It's going to be really interesting to see where this test series goes from here. I mean, two really evenly matched bowling attacks, although I will say we've had the wood on them. There's Turk. There's talk of Dale Steyn coming back for the South Africans. He's a bit short of a run, but he's dead keen. And I think it adds some experience and a level head and a, a real a real weapon in that bowling attack, which hasn't looked as potent as the Australians. Mornay Morkels looked a bit short, a little bit, little bit short of a run. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how that all comes out in the wash. And Ngidi has come in the side. Hooli Dooley. Ngidi has come in the side um, to add a bit of bolster to their bowling attack. So that's, that's going to change the game as well. I haven't yet to see him bowl, but by all accounts, he is freaking rapid. Folks, uh, that's enough of me talking. Um, if you wanted a quick picks for, for where I think this test is going to go, I think the person who's going to score the most runs for the Australians is going to be Stephen Smith, um, just because it's, it's hard to go past Steve Smith. He's currently sitting on 19, so I really hope I haven't put the knockers on him. Um, and I'm going to back Mitchell Stark to take the most wickets because he just looked like a cut above everybody else in that first test. Um I don't know who could do it for the South Africans or who's really going to win, but because I'm a patriotic sort of guy, I am going to tip the Aussies. Okay, for our bridge pod, we've got an extended special for you. So let's go to our South African correspondent, Chris the Goodman Goodrick, who's going to do an extended yarn from a yarpy. Here he is, ladies and gentlemen. Let's crack in. Sonny Bonani, Australia. Bloody hell, Australia, Australia. My word, Patrick, what a test match, mate. What a test match. Um, hands down, uh, I think it's fair to say the protests were never really in that test match. It was, a, I thought, a quite a dominant performance by the Aussies. Um, and I thought really what set it up was that beginning score by the Australians, a 350 Um you know, I think you have to impose yourself on the first day of a, of a test match and a test series. And I think the Aussies putting just above 300 um, is always a good start, especially, you know, having that bowling lineup coming coming in and defending 350, I think, is w was really good. So um, I think, you know, the Australian team in that first batting innings, um, you know, everyone really, not everyone, but, you know, a lot of players put their hand up. Uh, there were four players that got over 40 runs. Um, and even Stark came in and whacked the ball around for 35. And, and I think more importantly, the tail really supported Mitchie Marsh, um, you know, to get up to that 350, put that score, scoreboard pressure on the on the Proteas. And, um, you know, batting collapses with the South Africans, is, is, it's not, it's not um, completely uncommon. We saw against India, we, we did have a bit of a problem with our batting sometimes. And, even though our team is looks so strong on paper, sometimes you know we do have that inconsistency with our batting, um, and that that showed um, just just quite amazingly. I um, took some notes here, and 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 the the protests were 150 for five 
and they collapsed to 162 all out. Um, and there was just no one to support um, AB de Villiers. And I think that's really where we lost the game. I think at 150 for five, we probably weren't completely out of it. But I think you look at the Australians, um, you know, we only had AB de Villiers. That's the only player that got above 50. Um, there was no one to support him through. I think if we even had got just another 100, 120, 130 runs, just to close that deficit off, then, um, you know, it, it just would have given us a bit of a chance. But being 200-odd runs um, in deficit, it just put the Aussies on the front foot. And, and my boy, did they were they clinical. Um, the Aussies are just... You know, the bowlers just came in and, and did their job and, and Lyon played well as well, I thought. So, um, yeah, I thought it was a really dominant performance by the Aussies. Um, again, I think uh, the, the curse of old... Durban Kingsmead continues, um, but again, that's not the reason why um, the the pro the the, the, the lost. Um, but just some interesting facts on it. I just had a look at the the old ESPN info, and um, against teams that we've played in Durban, um, we've only got a winning percentage of around twenty seven percent against Australia, and against England, it's only around six percent. We've actually done quite well. Uh, against uh, India in Durban but um, yeah just just some interesting facts but um, yeah I think um, I think that the approaches will definitely bounce back um, I'm hoping they will they will drop the brain I, I, I thought you know even though our batting lineup has a bit of weakness I still think we should have Ngidi there he just um, he's our new Rabada and he just offers so much and um, that's how we perform well against India we, we bowled him out for low scores um, so I think um, even though we know our batting order doesn't always bat that deep, I think uh, we should go with our strike bowler um, in Ngidi. Um, and yeah, I think with all the off-field off stuff um, that's gone on and all the, the banter, um, I think this game's going to be, uh, it's like someone has just made a curry and just put in a whole lot of cayenne pepper. You know, it's going to be, it's going to be a spicy one. Um, so it's going to be beautiful again. And um, bloody hell, Australia, I'm, I'm just tipping my hat as I go there. Good bloody performance, mate. And bloody hell, enjoy a VB or a triple X or whatever the bloody hell you drink. See you later, mate. <laughs> oh, thank you, Chris Goodrick, for again demonstrating a, a quite impressive, if somewhat a broad uh, interpretation of an Australian accent. Very, very good. Um, look, I must say, Chris's Australian accent is going better than our opening stand uh, down in Port Elizabeth because I tell you what, folks, uh, in the time it took me to um, listen to Chris's yarn from Yarpy, uh, we have lost another wicket. So Australia are now, uh, we are now down to Tim Payne is at the crease uh, with Mitchell Marsh. It's things aren't looking good. We are five down, folks, for 166. Not so great. Kagisa Rabada has got some in-swing happening and it is all going down. So before I put the mockers on anybody else, I am going to get out of here. Um, can I say a big thank you to uh, Chris Goodrick for his excellent extended yarn from Yabi. I want to say a big thank you as well to our music for this week, which came from Sundance. The track was called Specific. 
Persephone, Retro Funky. Uh, yeah, I, I got look at those vibes. I got some retro funky vibes from that. Um, they, you can find that on YouTube, folks. If you need some cool jams to put in the backs of your videos, I recommend those guys. They are they are pretty rad. Um, and a big, big well wishes to our main man and my delightful co-host, Christopher T. Barty. I hope wherever you are, Bardo, you are dosed to the nines on pain meds and just sucking back on jelly, living the dream. That'll do us for this week, folks. Thank you very much for tuning in. Chris and I will be back, assuming Chris is healthy and able to speak for an hour at the end of this test to wrap it up, give a full review, and we'll get everything, all of our ducks in a proverbial row. Thank you so much for listening. If you get a moment, please like us on Facebook or send us some likes or some stars in the iTunes store. That really helps other people to find us. We've recently just cracked um, half a thousand listens, half a thousand independent downloads. And thank you so much for doing that, everyone. It's it's really, really cool. Um, We are really enjoying making this pod. So thank you so much. Um, I'm going to get out of your hair. Enjoy the test match. Enjoy listening to the podcast and go those bloody Aussies.